0: as you were hearing this announcement and the venue is byob so if you want to drink bring a drink if you like a diet coke bring a diet coke and we're gonna hang out afterwards we can say hello to everybody hope to see you all there see you there
1: and i do think there is a difference between standards and picky and you're allowed to have high standards but i I, picky can be valid feedback um what what do you think
2: i also think you're allowed to be picky okay fair like i I folded
1: like a house of cards (laughs)
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie. I'm back with my co host, Rourke. Rourke, you have a lot of explaining to do. Go on. I'm scared. S- specifically related to your date with the cyclist, I am dying to know. I just, please, I, I need your, I, I need everything. Yes.
1: Um, so we actually have seen each other twice since you and I spoke Tw- on the podcast. yes there have been two dates um so i know we you were aware of the wednesday date and um that was super fun we cooked and then watched this arabic movie that was super interesting and um yeah it's just like very comfortable and i feel like i can very much like be myself around him if that makes sense i'm just not yeah i'm not afraid to like say a certain thing or behave in a way i just i just feel like we can sort of talk about anything and it's really nice he's very thoughtful um our values so far seem very aligned it's all good i am yeah it's like ooh, it's it's an interesting time
2: i love it so much
1: (laughs) thanks um but yeah besides that i you know we um upgraded to the video calls uh the video recording last week yeah and i washed my hair i put on makeup (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then today Mm -hmm. i've just gone full oh absolutely disaster you know no makeup glasses hair and bun i want to be i am so now empathetic to why the real housewives have full glam i'm just a mess
2: I, first of all, you do not look a mess. Um, I am fully at the reservation as well. I did the exact same thing. Um, Also, now my cat has already hit the camera and caused it to go. So we went from uh, fully professional in episode one to like, we don't fucking care anymore in episode two.
1: How quickly we fall.
2: (laughs) How quickly indeed. Um, But I'm excited to talk to you today because I feel like I've gotten so many questions about what we're going to talk about today, and I have yet to address it even at all in any of my content. Oh, um, wow. Th-
1: I did not realize that.
2: Yeah. I've, I've actually never talked about this before. Um, and that is when people are skeptical of dating apps, whether that's like your parents, your friends, people you match with even, like yeah, having to explain yourself, I would say.
1: That's a real issue and I cannot wait to dig in. But first, do you have I gave you my cyclist update. Do you have any stories for me?
2: I do. I, Great. I am ashamed to to um to tell this story. This is a no shame podcast. I, I I thank you for that. I thank you for the safe space. Um so remember last week how I talked about the quite unfortunate accidental video call that shall live in infamy.
1: I've thought of it many times, actually.
2: (laughs) Great. Yeah. Okay. So before I, before I like close the loop on that, have you ever audio messaged with somebody on Bumble?
1: I have. I sent an opener once and the guy responded with an audio message. And so then I just started replying in kind. So yes, I've done it once.
2: I So I saw this guy who had his profile said, like, something like, FYI, I send a lot of audio messages, so be prepared for that. And I didn't actually realize that it was Bumble audio messages, but, like, whatever. I was going to send him an audio message in Bumble, which I have never done before, um, in response to when I, when I said, big question for you, like, when he said, like, what it is. He stole my thunder. He said it before me. But he sent me an audio message, and I – it felt, like, intimate somehow. I totally know what you mean. I was immediately hooked on this man who had literally said two words to me. He said, all right, shoot. And that all right, shoot just went right to my heart. I mean, could it be a strategy to be doing more audio messages? I really think it might be. And if it's working on me, I feel like it would work even better on men. And I don't have anything to base that on, except for what we kind of talked about last week about how men are more like visual. And I also think that translates to like oral. And by oral, I mean, A-U-R-A-L.
1: Good, good, good at it. Um,
2: (laughs) But anywho, so I was audio messaging with this man and I went outside and I went to, because I couldn't hear his audio message on the street. And I wasn't wearing headphones. I went to lift my phone to listen to the audio message. And instead of hearing his voice, I heard this weird music. It's like, what is what music is this? Had he recorded while listening to music? I wasn't sure. So I was listening to the music for a couple beats. And then I like go to look at my phone, and I'm video calling him.
1: Allie, we literally <laughs> said, we're not going <laughs> to let this happen again. Like That was an action item
2: from the podcast. Work, <laughs> it happened five days later.
1: <laughs> that is like... <laughs>
2: Okay. Well, now we uh, we talked about how to come back from it. So, did you did. use our dialogue? I. So yes. So I said, "Oh my god!" My, so then I was like too panicked to do another audio message. So then I was just typing, like panic typing. And I was like, "OMG, my ear video called you because that's what had happened because I lifted my phone and then my ear hit the thing. This only happens to me." Um. And it was fine. And then we, like, continued. I have subsequently stopped talking to him because I I don't think we're totally a fit, but not for the video call reason. And I think that's a step forward.
1: I think so, too. And I think it shows our listeners that you can can bounce back. (laughs) And you can grow. This does not spell the disaster.
2: (laughs) You might not learn immediately, but, like – and you know what? I I shouldn't even say that I won't do it again because, like – Chances are I will at this point. It's been twice in less than a week.
1: True. Um, You know, as they say, lightning doesn't strike three times. (laughs) The classic saying.
2: God. But I do think, (laughs) just about the audio message thing, I do think this could potentially be a strategy because I was significantly more invested in this person having heard his voice.
1: I agree with you. That definitely happened to me with the other guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he, he unmatched me randomly, so
1: I have no people there. <laughs> so I can't speak to my own success in audio messaging, but it's it. It was nice while it lasted.
2: I, you know, and and so was this, right? Because the guy, it he like, and we should do a whole episode on this, but he wasn't furthering the conversation at all. Like I was asking all the questions, and if I like go back and actually review the the tape because it's tape, he was asking some questions. But not – he was asking more of the like answer, 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 answer. How about you?
1: Yeah, that is insufficient reciprocity.
2: Yeah. Like it's just not not the conversation style that I'm looking for. Um, and especially bizarre via audio message because I feel like that sort of thing is easier to have happen when you're typing. But if you're talking, it feel like it should feel like more of a conversation where it doesn't need to feel as like you talk, then I talk, then you talk.
1: Yeah, so not only might we be able to use audio messages to create more intimacy, but potentially to gain quicker clarity on communication style.
2: I love that idea because it also eliminates people that might be taking a very long time to craft the perfect message that you're going to like.
1: That's true because something that I don't think we've said yet, you do not get to listen back and redo. Once it's recorded, it's gone.
2: I forgot to mention that. So I didn't know that. (laughs) Luckily, I liked my first take, but I didn't know that. So when I lifted up my thumb and I felt like it was like, oh no, like as it was just shooting off to him. There it goes.
1: Yes. Yes, you can't overthink it.
2: Yeah, you can if we're getting into the technicalities of how the bumble app works, because I did some digging on this. If you continue to hold your thumb down and then you pull your thumb left, you can delete it. Oh. But you can't you like before you process. send it. Of course it did. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't you can't play it back before sending. You can either like immediately decide you didn't like it or, or not. That's fair. So anyway, that ends my uh, bumble UX seminar.
1: Thank you. Um I appreciated this TED talk. <laughs> so I actually have another sort of like callback, I guess, to last episode. Yeah. I listened to this great movie podcast called How Did This Get Made? They don't need my plugs. They're very successful, but um, <laughs> it's great. And every week they do a section called Corrections and Omissions, where they go through oh. and sort of correct things they said incorrectly or like fill in something they forgot to say. Oh, I love that. I didn't think that was going to be a segment we needed. <laughs> Apparently we do. And I think it's on both of us, probably mainly me. When I said, The phrase to you as long as everything is exactly the way i want it i can be flexible
2: yeah did you look up where it's from
1: i did look up where it's from it is from gilmore girls what yeah which is like our mutual favorite show Uh uh-huh yeah and so shameful
2: how did i not recognize that quote i don't know it's a classic lorelei i i've already mentioned my cat once my cats are named rory and logan There you go. No excuse. No excuse. Speaking of which, I saw a guy on Bumble yesterday that was named Rory. And every time that I see a man named Rory on Bumble, my opening line to him is something along the lines of like, are you okay that my cat is also named Rory? Not one of them has responded and it makes me so sad.
1: That is so funny you say that. Maybe, okay, name openers just might not be a vibe. So I have only once come across or technically twice but it's the same man on both now bumble and hinge a man named rourke oh you have to spell the exact same way i assume he's irish probably but he's and he's like hot i'm not gonna lie and so this is not just a bit that i want to match with this man i would like to match with this man i don't know Actually, (laughs) i don't know if i want to date somebody with my same name that might that might not be what i want but I have now tried to match with him twice. Obviously, on Bumble, you can only swipe and hope for the best. But on Hinge, as you know, you can send a message. Yeah. And so I literally said to him, hi, we have the same name. If you don't match with me, there is no God. And apparently, he's an atheist because (laughs) nothing. Come on, Mel
2: Rourke. It it hurts. I feel like you'd have to talk just to have that conversation. I agree. Mel Rourke, if you're listening, which you're not – statistically we know that <laughs> statistically we know that you are not listening
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so names don't don't start with that guys
2: yeah i guess it's not a, and i actually do get a lot of listener and then we'll get on to what we're actually supposed to be talking about i actually do get a lot of listener screenshots of men making very very poor taste jokes about that woman's name Ooh. i I assume that women are doing something similar and I just don't see it because men don't follow me and thus don't send me screenshots. But yeah, maybe names are just a bad call.
1: All right. All right. We'll, we'll take that one to the bank.
2: So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more. But when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes.
0: Yeah. And they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for.
2: code FMH50 to get
0: 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Uh,
1: yeah. Um. So can I redo this listener email Please, to yeah. get us started on this path? Okay. I just want to say, first of all, I am so excited for this smiley face. So love her already. Great. Um, I'm hoping you all can cover how to talk to skeptical slash hesitant parents about dating through dating apps. My conversations with my mom in particular have not been very productive, and I'm hoping to have some talking points to bring up to her in future conversations, as so far what I've come up with is not working. For example, my mom said to me that I am ruining my chances of finding someone because I ask men what they are looking for, a relationship, a hookup, et cetera, after the first few dates. She believes that I should let things progress naturally Mm. and not ever push the subject. I try to explain that because I'm meeting men on dating, all caps, apps, I believe it is reasonable for them to expect to have a conversation like this after meeting for dates several times. She also wonders why I don't try to meet someone naturally, why I would ever like a man's profile without him liking mine first, she's a little old-fashioned, or why I'm being so picky, et cetera, et cetera. End of email. So I think this has like a lot in it.
2: Yep. A lot. There are so many elements of this. And I think think it's also – brought more broadly applicable to because as I it was resonating with me as I was listening despite the fact that my mom and previously my dad were very very supportive of dating apps and excited for me that I had this opportunity which we'll get into more why I said opportunity later but however it definitely resonates with me about friends who've never been on dating apps people in general people who say like oh we'll lie about how we met there's so much here I'm excited to get into it.
1: Yeah, so let's I, – I almost want to move. Are you fine with me moving sort of like chronologically through yeah. the email? Great. Okay, so first she talks about um, – my mom said that she's ruining her chances because she asks what they're looking for. And this actually – this concept of what are you looking for, this question, did come up last episode. And so I know that um, you're not quite a fan of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know that her mom's response of letting it progress naturally is the like natural – other side of the argument. So Ali, how can we reconcile these views? What do you think?
2: I definitely think it's a middle ground. I don't agree with either approach. And I and I also don't know that the person that's writing in is actually asking them, what are you looking for? It's, she's a little bit more vague than that. So I'm not entirely sure what her approach is. That being said, I think that there are ways to approach what somebody is looking for that are not asking the question. So, what are you looking for? Um, or like, so what are you doing on Bumble or what are you doing on Hinge or you know? And I think that we can do that by having conversations about like things that we want to do or where we think our life is going to be. Or like, I have conversations with my matches about like, oh, if we were at a wedding, you know. What what do you want on the shared appetizer list? Or like sometimes I'll even make jokes about our wedding. That's just a me thing. But I think there are ways to pivot to put conversations in more of a relationshipy framework that doesn't lead with hookup right away. Does that make sense?
1: That totally makes sense. And I think that gets at that idea of dating apps have to use a lot of proxies for values because there's no way to tell your story in a short way and so I think we want sort of a quick answer to well what are you looking for you know drop down menu whereas it actually it's harder to look at their actions and their words and how they behave towards you and use that to tell you Um, and so I understand the temptation to ask and have sort of that easy answer but I do think you're exactly right that you want to look to how they interact with you. Like, what is that saying about what they're looking for?
2: Right. Because I also think, and you put this really well the other day or last week on the episode when you were talking about with that nightmare of a man, when you were saying that you're looking for a relationship abstractly, I think that's actually the reason why I don't suggest saying what are you looking for? Because even the person who is looking for a relationship, even the person who thinks that the ideal outcome would be a relationship... It can still get a little bit taken aback by you saying, well, I want a relationship because the implication is with you when you're on that date. Yes, I totally agree with that.
1: So um, then I think obviously the next big part of this is um, her mom thinks meeting somebody on a dating app isn't quote unquote natural. And I think, as you said, we hear – this a lot. I my mom for example, hers I would not say that she's old fashioned per se, but my mom is a classic warrior. Mm. And so she is able I think to couch some of her skepticism and anxiety for me where she'll be very worried about my safety. She'll immediately want to know like what their last name is, where are we meeting, can I share my location, you know, all this stuff. Right. And so, you know, how much I I I'll give her a lot of credit that I'm sure some of most of that is sincere, but I do think she's able to probably use that as a proxy for her own concern over dating apps. But I would always say to her, I'm like, mom, a random stranger in a bar and then we go out later, he could definitely murder me.
2: That's what I was just thinking is that I actually often have more information about a man, assuming he's not lying on on his profile, which like we can't control for that. People could lie to you in person too very true but assuming he's not lying on his dating app profile i actually have more information about most of these men like oftentimes their place of work where they went to college than i would a stranger at a bar that's a very good point so um
1: but yeah so like i like we said you can hear it from parents you can maybe hear it from friends who met their person in college and you know great that they're super fortunate and they just have never sort of crossed the rubicon on online dating and then there are i think people who still self-stigmatize about dating apps where craziest thing i've ever done like signed
2: up for this app
1: i put on a male voice i'm sure women do it too
2: but i know that women do it too but we only see men's profiles so
1: yes So do you have a framework at all for how to talk about using dating apps that doesn't come across as sort of like defensive or angry or like how how do you talk to
2: these people? Yeah, I think that I I truly feel this way. I feel very lucky that I am dating at a time when I am able to meet more people than I would encounter in my daily life. And that was true before 2020 and it is extremely true post-2020 in our like – current pandemic world where, I mean, I I barely leave my apartment if I'm not going to, you know, one other, meet one other person or whatever the case, but regardless of that, there are just so many ways in which dating apps have opened up the world to us, truly the world if you really want to. And while I don't subscribe, and again, this is something we'll get into later, but while I don't subscribe to the idea of one true soulmate and there's only one person for you out there. I certainly do think that there are a there are people that are going to be more compatible with you. And given how many people there are in the world, the, that number of people that is like the most compatible is probably low. So the chances that you're going to meet one of those most compatible people in your day-to-day life is really low.
1: No, that's absolutely true. It really expands your social circle in a great way.
2: Yeah, not to mention... Although I I have a lot of friends who've met significant others and now husbands through mutual friends, there is something really wonderful about breaking up with somebody and they're just gone. That is blissful. So blissful. My two and my two most recent ex-boyfriends don't even have social media. So they are truly gone. I am envious of that.
1: <laughs> Very envious.
2: Like when I was dating them it was quite annoying that they didn't have social media. As ex-boyfriends, it is a wonderful trait.
1: So is there anything in particular that you think – so like something that I've actually done with my parents is I've like said, like, swipe with me. Let me show you. And And I think that that has sort of like allayed some of my parents' concerns because, you know, then she'll be like, oh my God, this guy sounds so interesting. You know, what do we think of him? You know, and she'll sort of realize that this can be – fun you can get like we said expand your circle get to know interesting people and um I think that that has like calmed her a lot or sort of gotten her interested in this issue of like liking someone's profile making a move like that is sort of this like antiquated idea that gets brought into uh, this email as well
2: Yeah, I think that is a great idea to like swipe with your parents. I haven't done that per se, but I do bring my mom into a lot of my thoughts about a guy that I'm seeing. Like if we're in the same room, I'd be like, oh, look at this. Isn't this guy cute? So like, she's not necessarily like swiping with me per se. Um, But I think that that does help sort of humanize the process a little bit. Um, And I do talk to my mom about like, Guys that I haven't even gone on a date with yet, like, oh, you know, I'm planning date with so-and-so or, or whatever the case may be. I do think though that I've taken a few steps backwards in that sense because I now post on social media about some of the more negative things that I encounter on the internet, not only on dating apps, but also in my TikTok comments and stuff. Yeah, definitely. That has kind of negated some of the forward progress we've made in terms of like, people on the internet are nice. <laughs> because a lot of times they aren't yeah Uh, and i'm sure she's protective yes um but most people don't have that issue because most people are not publicly posting their screenshots so very true
1: um and then what about your friends how have you spoken to them about it friends that it's just totally foreign
2: it's interesting because i have a few different types of friends in that sense like i have some that met their now husbands early on or you know through friends before dating apps were like really a big thing but I also have friends that are still single but are very against being on dating apps for themselves they're not judging about me yeah um but I think it's it's an interesting proposition because it's like your peer group and yet you have these wildly different experiences with dating and it's hard to relate sometimes
1: no, that's a great point. And I do think that, of course, I, I I feel like we hedge sometimes where we're like, we're not saying that any, like, if what you want is what you want, go for what you want. We're not telling you how to feel. You know, it, all of that is very true. And so you're allowed to want to meet somebody not online. I, I That oh, yeah. is totally fine. But I think that, again, what we come back to is the idea of misalignment of intention and goal, where- If a person wants to meet somebody in the wild, quote unquote, then they need to talk to them there. They can't say like, I want to meet somebody in Whole Foods and then have their AirPods in the whole time they're in Whole Foods with their face in their phone. And so you can want that, but then you have to act on it.
2: I think that is such a good point because I used to get so frustrated with some of my friends when we were younger that I was putting myself out there on dating apps. At the time I was like, on OKCupid okay, and Match.com, like on the computer, like dating apps on the phone didn't exist. iPhones didn't exist, um, and I would have friends complaining that they weren't meeting anyone, and yet they also weren't doing anything to meet anyone. So you can't have that both ways. A hundred percent, not
1: yes. Um, and then we talked a little bit about the actual people on dating apps who are sort of, like, self-loathing dating app users, (laughs) Um, which to me is sort of absurd. And also, uh, you know, and maybe I'm in the wrong here, but I'd like to hear – like, I'm very open to changing my behavior here based on what you say. What do you think – is that an automatic swipe left for you when you see that sort of negativity about online dating on an online dating platform?
2: Usually, because and this is something this is something I have talked about. It was it's, I've talked about it a lot, but it was specifically one of my points in the things that make me think twice series that I did. And negativity was a huge piece of that, and specifically negativity about the app that you're about to meet on. And I just think it says so much about someone, if especially on Hinge, because on Bumble there's like a bio and you can write more stuff, right? But on Hinge you've got these prompts. And the prompt asks you something about yourself. And instead of choosing to tell me something about yourself, you've decided to say that the app that I'm currently in is dumb.
1: Yes. They're basically shaming their own and your choices.
2: Correct. Yeah, because they're not only shaming their choices, they're also shaming my choices because I'm there too. And, you know, if you say, like, oh, I'm willing to lie about how we met, like, okay, I'm not because there's nothing wrong with where we're meeting and you already have a negative impression of me for being here.
1: Yes. Sort of more more philosophically, where do you think that comes from? Like what is it because I do think that when online dating was newer, for example, my one of my very good friends and her husband, they are sort of the, of that early wave where they met off of OK Cupid in mm-hmm. 2013, I want to say, and got married um, three years ago. And, or, oh, maybe four years ago now. Doesn't matter. But they were really trailblazers. I remember our mutual family friend who is a woman in her (laughs) eighties telling me about her. She she goes, you should really try this online dating thing. She met the cutest guy (laughs) like this. And so like for them, I think they really had to explain it to people now, obviously much less, but where does that sort of gut
2: like discomfort come from? Honestly, I think it comes from society. But the society that we maybe grew up in, i.e. our parents and that woman in her 80s, um, which is adorable. Yeah. But I think that it comes from also how many rom-coms can you think of where the lead characters met on a dating app? Like that hasn't come full circle in terms of entertainment. Like if you think about like how people are meeting in movies and on TV versus how many – what the percentage of couples that meet online is, is vastly underrepresented in the that's media. That's true.
1: I that's a hundred percent true. And I'm sure you know we'll probably you'll probably get DMs with people having giving examples like 100%. showing us up. But I do think you know part of it then is the storytelling aspect of it. That if you're a writer of a TV show or a movie, you need to tell your story. It's not super visually interesting to have a character going like this with their finger on the phone for an entire scene. Yeah. Whereas we don't have to do that in our lives. But I do think people want a
2: cute story. People absolutely want to meet cute. Um, And I actually like really enjoy when I'm having an intro conversation with somebody that I, in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is kind of a meet cute, even though... The way we're meeting is sort of run of the mill at this point. Um, but yeah, I think that's a lot of what it is. I think it's like society and the media telling us that – my cat's tail. Stop it. Um, <laughs> I think it's the society society and the media telling us that that's not the natural way. Because in her email, she used the word natural. Yes. So I just And that think word
1: that, has a lot of connotations
2: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm connotations that i don't like um because like what's the opposite of natural unnatural right so like that's saying that like it's i think the word organic i prefer a little bit more because that might mean like oh i met them by happenstance like i just you know spontaneously met them versus like natural makes me feel like i'm doing something wrong that's a great reframe
0: and
1: i think we should i'm realizing i think we should say here that It, it's okay for, like, it would be amazing if we all had perfect relationships with our parents in regards to dating. That said, it's okay if there's some discrepancy here. And if what this person wants is a healthier conversation with her mom about dating, but it's also totally acceptable to set a boundary with your mom and to say, I'm not feeling like these are productive, healthy conversations, and you can just share less if that's what sort of feels right. You know, that's sort of the less desirable outcome, right? But it's a totally valid choice.
2: Yeah. And I actually have gone through phases where I felt the need to do that, not because of my mom's like, or my dad at the time's negative perspective, but actually more because they were getting more attached to people than I was. Because like, it's a numbers game, right? Like you have to swipe on a lot of people. You have to talk to a lot of people. Like I went on a lot of, fir- I have been on a lot of first dates and I was finding that then my parents were following up on people that I wasn't even thinking about anymore, but their follow-ups were making me think about them. So I did actually. That's a great point. So like, I've actually set that boundary a couple times to say like, with various situations, if I have an update, I'll let you know that is a
1: perfect way to say it like
2: um, and I've done that with friends too I've done that with friends to say like like with the Duke for example like I know we haven't spoken I would tell you if we had when I had yes. I said I actually said this in a group chat I was like I had, I don't have any updates if and when I haven't I'll let you know
1: yes I've said that to my parents about not dating but sort of other life stuff job, you know, applications, things yeah. like that. You know, have you heard from the recruiter whatever? I'm like, we're very close <laughs> parents. I don't hide things from you. You'll be <laughs> the first or second to know, I swear.
2: Right. So, and I get like all of these, whether it's your parents, your friends, like it's all coming from a place of caring, right? Like they're excited Absolutely. about your life. They want updates about your life. You've, you've brought them into your life in, in a certain way, and now they want to know about it. I, I, understand it I also get it from my social media followers and I recognize that I've done this to myself and I like not in a bad way but in a way that like people care about my life and like that is awesome and also mind-blowing but like I've done that but I can also set a boundary still like I think that that's also something that I think is important to note here and I've learned this through my social media presence but this is true for friends too Just because you share one thing about something with someone doesn't mean that you need to feel obligated to share everything about that thing.
1: Yes, I agree with that. Not everybody has, not everybody deserves equal access to
2: all information. Right. And like, so for example, just because I talk about my dating life on social media, that doesn't mean that my followers are entitled to every single piece of information about my dating life.
1: Absolutely. Yes. Um, You still get to set limits.
2: Yeah. And I think mean, that's true for your friends too. You know, like just because you told them about one first date that you went on doesn't mean you have to tell them about every single first date or second date or conversation or whatever it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: For sure. Um, yeah. My dad's, uh, <laughs> my dad will call somebody I went on. He calls everyone that I speak to my boyfriend and I'm like, dad, <laughs> it's not my boyfriend. It's like, please. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but yeah. That is his quirk. Um and then Great. there's something thrown in at the very end of this email um which is why am i so picky. And i think that um, I-, I wish she had given us a little bit more detail about why right. she's getting that feedback because um i i would like to know what it means to her or to her mom to be picky and i do think that that is pretty common feedback from people in one's life and i do think there is a difference between standards and picky and you're allowed to have high standards but i, I picky can be valid feedback um what what do you think
2: i also think you're allowed to be picky okay fair like i, I folded Ma-
1: like a house of cards <laughs>
2: <laughs> um matthew Hussey, and i think this is be- matthew hesse is a, an amazing dating coach dating a relationship author he's awesome um This may be like just a British word that's just common, but for me, I think of it as a Matthew Hussey word. He says choosy. Mm. And I really like that because picky just has a negative connotation. It does. Choosy, though, implies to me that you are just choosing what you want. And who would say that you shouldn't do that? Um, But the other thing that I think is just kind of before we even get to the picky – word the simul and again we don't have too much context on where this like pickiness feedback is coming from from this particular listener however there's there are two conflicting pieces of feedback here that she's getting from her mom one is that she's too picky two is that she shouldn't be on dating apps so
1: that's a very funny and good point
2: That Those two things are so conflicting to me. And this is not unique to this person. Like, I hear this a lot. Like, oh, why don't you just meet someone organically in person, but also you're too picky? Like, well, I I can be choosier because I am broadening my pool of people. If I was only able to date the three men that I encountered today, or this week rather, then yeah, I probably shouldn't be that choosy because there's only three of them. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I guess here's my thought. So I associate the word picky with – I had a friend who – it was sort of a running joke, and I think she sort of leaned into it. She had a very funny list of what she called deal breakers, and I used to say to her that this is a completely unacceptable list because they contained absolutely crazy things like socks with sneakers and you know just like very minutia stuff. And I think if you are going through somebody's profile with that type of a comb, that to me is on another level. That you I, I I'm not I wouldn't I I just don't love that.
2: I agree with you. Here's what I here's counterpoint. I think that you can have whatever, although I don't like the word deal breaker. I prefer to flip it around and say must-haves, but
1: keep it positive. Love it. You can
2: yeah. You can have whatever list. You want of the things that you were looking for or not looking for, but you also need to be cognizant of how that list is affecting your potential dating pool. True. So she could eliminate every man that wears socks with sneakers and whatever other very specific things that she has on that list. But she also cannot complain that she her, her dating pool is limited because she yes. has self limited.
1: Yes. I completely agree with that.
2: I think that that's the key in whatever, lens you're taking with the filters that you're, you know, there's the app filters, but then there's the filters that you are putting on people, right? Whatever approach you're taking, you need to just evaluate what the potential consequences of that approach are.
1: Yes. I agree with that phrasing of it. It's like, what are your goals for dating? And are these filters, both types that you've described, actually serving you? Yes.
2: Yes. Exactly. It's a similar conversation to when people say that I should not try to date someone who's taller than me, which by the way, I've tried to date someone who isn't, and I'm not totally opposed to it, but I am well aware that as a six foot tall woman, finding somebody who's taller than me limits my dating pool. I know Mm -hmm. this. I've accepted that consequence of that particular desire of mine.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I obviously relate
2: completely. Yeah. (laughs) So a lot of people have a lot of feelings about that. But it's a topic it for another day.
1: Indeed. Well, do we feel like um do we feel like we've answered her? Have we given her ways to approach her mom? Um I hope so. Know, set set a limit, try to reframe why it's really positive for her and um maybe either like i feel like we've some we've sort of said either share more or share less in some ways like i sort of suggested you know swiping together but we also said it's totally fine to say i'll update you less frequently
2: yeah and i would say and you know you know each person knows their relationship with their parent best right but i would say try sharing more in terms of like getting them more comfortable not necessarily more like telling them every single thing about every single date but sharing more in the sense of Increasing their comfort level with it. Mm -hmm. Because ideally, that's the ideal. It sounds like from her email that that's her ideal goal. Her ideal goal is to be able to have conversations about her dating life with her mom that don't make her feel judged. Yes. And so, in pursuit of that goal, I would try your advice in terms of like bringing her into the process a little bit more so that she gains more of a comfort level. Mm -hmm. If that doesn't go well, then I would say pivot to maybe setting some more boundaries. Yes. I
1: agree with that. I think that's a good approach. And to be empathetic to the – specifically to like the parent demographic in this conversation, things that are new can be intimidating. Mm -hmm. And to our parents, this looks so different. I think it's a lot easier when we go through things that are very similar to what our parents went through because they then feel like they can advise. And so for us to go through something that's very foreign to them – I think can be really challenging. And so that's just to, you know, have some empathy for mom.
2: Yeah. And I actually have several clients who are like my mom's age um, in their 60s and a few in their 50s. And a lot of them are dating on dating apps for the first time, having been Mm -hmm. in some sort of long relationship that ended more recently. And so the last time they dated, this wasn't a thing. So I've also kind of like shepherded somebody through that. And it can be overwhelming.
1: Yeah, I bet. It's a whole new world.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Well, great. Hopefully, um, and she can, please, feel free to write an update. We would, I think, love to hear how, if you try anything, how it goes. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so big, you know, last week we had our first five-star review. And would you believe it? Excels for the win. (laughs) Would you believe it? We've got five five five-star reviews. This time. I and am so
2: – warms my heart. To my knowledge, we only know one of them. Unless you know more oh, one of them. Oh,
1: great. Yeah, none of these – all of these are foreign to me.
2: Great. We know one of them.
1: <laughs> um, do you want to take turns reading them?
2: Yeah, let's read them. So okay. the first one is from C. Tina Go, and which I've never actually said out loud and I love. Um, it's great. She says, girl time. Felt like I was listening to my own girlfriend sharing their dating stories and was super intrigued. Very excited to see where this goes. Just don't keep us waiting too long for more pods. Great news, Tina. We are here for you every week.
1: Yes. Um, And then this one is, I believe, um, Corinda Rose and titled, excited to see where this goes. Loved hearing someone else's dating stories that are very relatable. I look forward to seeing where it goes and what is to come. Same, girl.
2: Same, same. Same uh next it is so wonderful that this has fallen on me because this is one of my very best friends who oh, is Odge 3000 she said such a good listen i really enjoyed hearing the different dating stories and can't wait to hear more and Oj is married so i would say we are relating to a broader spectrum of people since she enjoyed it
1: excellent well um I love looking at our statistics for um, age and the uh, less than 1% of 60
2: plus our families are really pulling through. They're really coming out for us, those families.
1: Um, and then um, we have Jew Double G Z. I'm not sure if that is, if I'm butchering your username. Um, amazing. <laughs> I watch all the TikToks and seeing how great the advice is on there, I'm so excited for the podcast. And so that one's really a tribute to Allie's Finding Mr. Height Instagram mm-hmm. and
2: um, TikTok. Thanks. And then the last one Miss Danny Mack, get all the answers you're afraid to ask, even your BFF. And she says, I found FMH on Instagram and was hooked. If you ever have those boy or girl or person, Danny, we love an inclusive answer problems that you're like, oh my friends would judge me so hard for this but I can't quit or I really think maybe I'm not crazy, but they're making me think I am. or most importantly, I am way too fabulous for this kind of relationship <laughs> situationship, whatever, right? Or am I totally a, a stalker? <laughs> <laughs> Look no further. <laughs> These women are here for the advice you need to hear. Brava, can't wait for more episodes. Danny, really That was so in. nice. So nice. Who knew, like, I needed this positive feedback in my life? (laughs) It is so lovely. Um, And I have already been having so much fun. And, like, you know, for those of you who know Rourke and I, you will not be surprised to know that we have a very in-depth Google Doc of, like, all of our ideas and things we want to talk about in the future and possible guests and listener ideas. And we're just the most excited.
1: And if you are as excited as we are, which – we hope you are. Um, We hope you would be willing to rate, subscribe, and probably most importantly for the growth of our podcast, tell a friend. Tell a friend all about us and hopefully they will be as into it as you are. And this is just your reminder to go to finding heightcom slash podcast mm-hmm. and you can submit your own question you can submit screenshots we have been living for the screenshots they are so interesting I cannot wait to dissect
2: they're, those they're so good um and yeah I, I love answering listener questions so excited for more
1: I know I feel like we're um having fun and doing a good turn yes indeed
2: well Rourke, a pleasure as always.
1: Yes, it was so good to see and hear you.
2: (laughs) You too. I will talk to you next week. I will talk to you next week. See you then. More realistically, tomorrow morning.
1: More realistically, tonight. Yeah, correct. Yeah, realistically,
2: (laughs) like the minute we hang up from this call. Okay.
1: (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye.